0: Hi, and welcome to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. In this episode, Justin Chesum of Christopher Newport University Men's Soccer and I welcome the Fioka Brothers, Eddie and Andrew, where they discuss their decision-making process for college soccer and the benefits that they've found from playing club soccer. They share their experiences and the pressure they felt to play at a higher level, but ultimately chose a path that aligned with their academic goals. They emphasize the importance of friendships and enjoyment in club soccer, as well as the competitiveness and level of play. They also discuss the tryout process and the experience of being on a team without a coach. They go on to talk about the challenges of running a student-led soccer team and the impact of having a coach. We end up going on to talk about the importance of making independent decisions and the appreciation for choosing the right path. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeacoffee.com slash matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on social media as well. The links can be found at matchplayrecruit.com.
1: Eddie, do you still remember the song? Can you still sing it? No, I definitely can't still sing it. Are you serious?
2: If you like got it going and like
1: maybe <laughs> I heard the music. Uh, uh, so if that's... I if I started, you would come in behind and like go a cappella with me right now uh, You I start know, singing? I you're, good. you're not going to sing on the podcast with me?
3: I'll sing it if you sing. it. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> but I don't know. The you
1: actually, so have you actually heard the real song, or you, is that the only way you've heard it? Is the guy singing it in the bar in England? That's the only way I've heard it. Is when you, you would. never. It's Savage Garden, right, Scott? That's right. Truly, madly, deeply. Yep. Yeah. It's a beautiful soccer song. You guys loved that song, man. That was yeah. like uh, yeah, it got us pumped up. The most epic time of my, of my coaching career was singing a song. You guys, scaring, walk, the field, yeah, singing. scaring and, all these teams. We don't know if we scared them, but we were walking up singing. I mean, who sings walking up? Scott's yeah. got the music blasting, and all you guys are singing the song. And then, uh, like ninety-five percent of the games, we went out and just waxed whoever we were playing. So that was, uh, that,
3: was, a good that, was time. A,
1: that was a really fun that's a fun time of uh, our time, and that was that was good. It also helped having Michael knowing he was going to score like six goals a game. So yeah, I'm just i mean, made it easy at times. <laughs>
3: Yes.
1: But for every Michael, you guys both had to play with the Coggins. Yeah. And that's just, you know, like, mm-hmm. I get why, you know, I get why you guys are like, you know what, I'm done playing soccer. Uh, you know, I, I had a fun time. Yeah. But, no, yeah, those are good boys. Still
2: hang out with Justin. He's on our, he was I, on our intramural team.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he
2: slept in my apartment the other day, actually. He still <laughs> got it. Him and, his, him and his hamster, yeah.
1: So is he back in town? <laughs> is, is Coggins back in town for the yeah, break? Yeah, I think he's back. Okay, yeah. so I've got to get on him for some fish. That's what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys go fishing with him?
2: I I would in the summer a lot, yeah. Yeah, you guys go, go with
1: RB? Yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Oh, yeah. Well, cool. I'm going to call him right after the podcast. Cool. I'm going to force him to go get me some more tuna or something. We'll see. All right, Scott. Well, I thought you were
0: rolling with it, man. So That was good. Okay. Should we introduce the boys first? Yeah, we should. All right. You want to go oldest to youngest or youngest to oldest, guys?
1: Shortest to tallest. That would be introducing me first. (laughs) By by far introducing me first. You guys got – I mean, Andrew's like almost a foot taller than me now. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you're yeah, and I'm getting smaller. That's sure. Not my hairline's making me look taller. <laughs> so we have we have Andrew. We have the Fayoka Bros. Are you <laughs> guys trying to steal something from the Hewlett guys? Are you guys beginning a trick shot thing going on here? Yeah, no. no, no, you're not famous yet. Yeah. All right. Well, we got Andrew Fayoka, the younger of the two boys here. They actually have another older brother named Jimmy, uh, but uh, we got Andrew with us and we got Eddie with us. Uh, both boys are current students at Virginia Tech, and uh, they grew up playing in the uh, Virginia Legacy Soccer Club. And uh, Eddie had the joy of being coached by uh, myself and Coach Scott Cooper over here for some of the God best God. soccer teams ever. Uh, Andrew, I never had you as a player on my team, did I? No. Man, we missed out. Yeah, we, yeah had we, had missed fun, out. we missed out. You had to settle for bad coaches like Steve Shaw and those guys, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, man, that guy doesn't win anything, man. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: I, no. I was pretty much eye candy. I wasn't really a coach. It was just, yeah,
1: yeah. I was just You're there the to voice out. Yeah, if we were being interviewed, we set you up to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, funny. we can talk about kind of you know your guys' um, decisions that you were making as you were getting out of high school and, you know, what your options, not really what your options were, but like what you were thinking and and what was the priority um, as you were coming out of high school. Right. I mean, is that what you were thinking? Cheese, like just yeah. understanding your decision-making process and, you know, you guys were super into soccer as kids and all through high school. And um, then you come to the point where, you know, Cobb Soccer is an option or, you know, but what's really cool is what you guys are doing now. Um, Well, Eddie's done, you know, he's retired and hung up and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) old man. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, just talk about like, well, we'll start with you, Eddie, because you were, you're older and you, your story is first. And um, so just kind of walk through, you know, growing up playing for cheese, playing for Shaw. Um, you know, and just, you know, high school soccer and and you know, where your head was as you approached the end of your youth career and had some choices to make.
3: Yeah, so I obviously I started off as a goalie, uh had some good times in net, uh got too short, had to move out, and then that's <laughs> sort of when the, uh, everything changed. I started getting on the field. So that was my freshman year of high school. So I it really took me freshman year and sophomore year to sort of just like catch up, get my touchdown, like just get organized, know where I was, stuff like that. And then junior year was when I started to think about, you know, what 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 am I going to do? Next steps? Uh, what am I going to study in school? Where am I going to go to school? And that's sort of when so- soccer started to pick up for me. I like I sort of re-fell in love with the game, was confident in my abilities, and COVID kind of threw everything for a loop when uh, I started having to make those sort of decisions and my parents always like harped on academics. And at the time I had Jimmy, our older brother, who was at tech already. So it was sort of easy for me to just follow suit. I did sort of have some interest in playing in places, but like I said before, I was, not as not super confident in my abilities until my senior year, so I was a tiny bit late on that front. obviously went and talked to cheese, went and talked to b m i realized I didn't want to play there, and then sort of just pursued academics and left soccer back
1: burner in that front yeah you had a you had an interesting route too i mean during that time, how tall did you grow from your freshman year to your senior year? How much did you grow?
3: I want to say I was like five five or five six and then when I graduated I was
1: probably six foot right I mean that's that's such a big jump during such a critical time I mean I, I can't tell you how many times I've I've talked to families and they're asking me questions about their freshman or even a lot of times their sophomore kid and they're still babies and you can see it in their face you can see it in their their muscles and everything like oh man this kid is still a baby and it just wouldn't it be fair to recruit you today I mean you're nothing like you're going to be I mean and you're you're a perfect example I mean seven eight inches later you're you're a whole different human being 18 months you've grown that much and uh can you imagine if the only time i watched you play was your sophomore year and i didn't do any homework on you as a senior i mean how different were you from the end of your sophomore year to the beginning of your senior year it's just a massive jump and uh you know like you have to adjust as well your body has to get used to having longer legs and uh you know like if the the range of motion and everything your muscle memory all that had to adjust as well and you know, so it's no wonder that you didn't feel comfortable until you were a senior. And, you know, that's actually OK timing. There's some kids that do that during their senior year and even later. And you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we talked to Jamie Gunderson all the time, the women's soccer coach here at CNU. He grew as a as a college student and he didn't become the best player he was until after college. I mean, you know, what a late timeline. He was a heck of a soccer player, but it just took a, it just took him longer. And so interesting. Road you had to go through, and you're right. You were a heck of a goalie, but uh I don't think you got shorter. The goal just got too tall for you. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it's it's funny boy. to think like it. Yeah, if you stayed with it, you would have been a six-one, you know, great goalkeeper. And mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting to see what path that was going to go. I mean, you also have to like it, which I, I get it. I don't want my kids to play goalie. I I, I respect the position. Don't get me wrong, but they're going to be. I'm five 5'8 My wife's shorter than me. They're they are not touching the crossbar, right? They're not touching the crossbar. (laughs) So uh, Tuck will make some header saves, I'm assuming, but that's about it. But uh, that's great. I want to jump into your decision part in a little bit. Uh, I want to kind of jump back and forth. Andrew, uh, yours was a little different. Um, You know, why don't you kind of run down your process kind of, you know, going out of your sophomore year, starting to think about it and, and then what it looked like from there. Yeah.
2: So I think I was in a little different situation than Eddie because I'd played defender my whole life. I'd been tall pretty much my whole life. So I was always just center back everything. And then I think it came around to having Norris as our coach and like individually he would talk to each player like at least like once in the season like he'd so he'd pull me over and say like hey like What are you thinking about college? Like, what's your plan? Like, I think he said, like, you could play pretty much, I think, any D3. And in the right situation, you could play a D1. And at that point, I was like, I had never really like actually thought about it. And like Eddie said, like, we've always been like academic and I've always kind of looked up to these two. So usually I like to do whatever they do. So I'd say that definitely influenced my decision. But I mean. I loved the game, but I still, like, wanted my education to be at the highest. So, at that point, I kind of had to decide, like, do I think I'm, like, good enough to play somewhere where I also think my education will be at the highest place that's also, like, pretty close to home? And so, by the time, like, later into my junior year, early and senior year, I hadn't really reached out to anyone or said anything. And I was kind of content with my decision to just like study engineering
1: at Virginia Tech. So, yeah, that's that's your biggest wrinkle, of course. It's not just engineering, it's mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, like, look, I, I think CNU is a great place. But when a kid says engineering, I don't continue until I know what type of engineering. Yeah, you know, we're one of many schools that do not have mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. And you're at the school in the state of Virginia that has a wonderful, wonderful mechanical engineering program. And if you want to study mechanical engineering and you reach out to me, I tell, you no immediately. I, I mean, unless it's uh, like I also I'm looking at these other three majors, then I'll pry a little bit more. But if you like yourself, you were I'm going to study mechanical engineering. Uh, I would not have even called you. You know, I mean, that's just the or if we did speak, I would have kicked you out of my office right after yeah. that. You know, so it's uh, you you made a, a big decision there and you yeah. focused on one thing. And I think that that's awesome. You know, it just it just shows, and this is where this this specific podcast is going today. These two young men decided to go to school. They chose the school that fit them the most out of all the criteria, and decided to play club soccer instead. And had wonderful careers. They still, you know, enjoyed themselves. Got to play soccer with their good buddies. Didn't have a specific college coach grinding on them, you know, like me with my guys here. And so you you chose a different route. And you know, Eddie, we were talking before the podcast a little bit because. Uh, your mother and and you sat down in my office, and we did have a little bit of a conversation about you playing at CNU and about the possibilities there. And um, and you said at the time, I I might I might do this if she offers me a spot, I I might do this. But you, it didn't seem like you were dead set, and and you'd end up going to Tech despite you know our conversation. And that's that's great. And and here we are, almost four years later, almost graduating. Actually, we're probably four years later now. How happy are you with the decision and kind of why did you go that path and kind of put, the, put all that together for me?
3: So I'm really happy my, about my decision. There, there is obviously a tiny part of me that wished I played, you know, in some capacity in college, whether D3 at CNU or anywhere else. Um, but I'm happy with my decision. I've been really satisfied with my education and also just with the club soccer experience overall. Uh, there's a lot of legacy guys on the team. Obviously, Andrew's on the team. So I get to play with my friends. And also, it's the sort of commitment thing is you you make it. It is what you make it. So we we are people that we go to every practice. We go to every game. But in terms of like the college experience, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to go to every game. You don't have to go to every practice. And that's one thing that's sort of desirable about club soccer. I think a lot of people get too wrapped into like, practice and games for D1 or D3, and then they sort of fall out of love with the game because of, like, just the constant soccer all the time. And I think club is sort of a good outlet for those kind of characters that could have those type of feelings.
1: Andrew, you know, you're only two years in or one and a half. You know, do you echo those sentiments? I mean, kind of what what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think there's, like Eddie, of course, said, like everyone – like I'd say even commit kids that go play soccer have that like feeling of like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this, or maybe I should have gone this route or here or there. So like, I agree with him. And I guess I still have a little bit of time if I wanted to like playing more organized soccer somewhere, always like entertaining. That idea is always fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's like, uh, like there's like a whole business aspect to club soccer too. Like, um, like roles on the board, like what you were treasurer. treasurer. Yeah. So there's like more responsibility. Like it is what you make it. You can like next year I'll be vice president of it, which I think will look great on like resumes and things like that. And then I can also join other clubs, whereas like kids who play somewhere might not be able to do other things they're interested in or like spend all their time on their education and things like that. So yeah, I think it it's just like a really great atmosphere and all, I believe.
1: Well, what you guys are showing is uh, it's not I'm going to go play club soccer or college soccer or bust. Like there's that's not the option. Like that's not the best decision for every single person. And you both had options. You know, uh, Andrew, you talk about a division one soccer coach, Chris Norris, telling you that division one is a possibility for you. And definitely division three is a possibility for you. And Andrew, you had a division one offer and you were sitting in my office and we were talking about you coming and playing for me. So you guys had great situations, great offers. You guys were absolutely college soccer players. You could have gone to a fit and had a nice career, just like a lot of your club teammates did and you know uh, high school teammates. You decided to go a different route, and you're showing that this is also an excellent route. And uh, I mean, I'm very proud of what you guys have accomplished. As you know, your old coach and just a big fan of your family. Uh, I'm very proud of what you guys accomplished. I think it's great, and I think that you guys are a success story. And I think that your messaging should go far and wide. I mean, this is yeah. Scott and I have been talking about meeting with you guys, and this is a different avenue. Uh, I mean, I, I was just on the transfer portal uh, an hour ago. There's over two thousand kids in it, and that's just from. I mean, majority of that, like probably ninety percent of that's just from the end of the season. You know, November like sixth for most kids, and that's that's a huge number of unhappy kids. And they chose for whatever reason. Now, there's obviously different reasons for that. You know, there are some kids in there for grad transfer purposes that had nice careers and they just want to go get a grad degree. But there's a lot of kids in there that are unhappy with their decision. And they may have been happier going your route. And I think that the biggest problem that we're running across is kids don't even think about your route. They think of it as, no, I, I have to play. I mean, you both play with the kids that went Division One, and, uh, you know, went to big-time Division Three programs. And you think that oh man, like I have to do that too. No, you don't. That may not be what's best for you. And, uh, you really need to look into all of your options. See like, well, maybe I love Virginia tech like Andrew does. And I love the engineering program, the mechanical engineering program. Oh, I get to kick around and play with my older brother and my friends too. Yeah. That, that sounds a lot better. You know, like this is the route I need to go. It's going to set me up for four years from now. And, uh, I mean, I'm happy with the decision you guys made and uh, don't have any regrets guys. Yes. You could have played college soccer. and You can still tell people that, but I think that you should really harp on the successes that you've had in your four years, Andrew and, or two years, Andrew and four years, Eddie. And hey, there's a lot to be proud of there and a lot from your experience that you need to share with people. And, uh, no, I'm, I'm very happy for you guys.
0: You. Um, talk about like, uh, you know, the feelings, if you, I know it's been longer for you, Eddie, but like, the feelings you had of maybe some pressure, you know, I feel like I have to go play college soccer. or I really have to go explore it. And, you know, maybe you were comparing yourselves to other teammates who were, who were doing, going that path and, you know, just how you, you know, just thought independently for yourselves and like, didn't let that affect you. And you just made a decision that you knew was going to be best for you.
3: So I never really felt all that pressure. Um obviously I played with some really, really talented guys, obviously Augie, Michael, Daniel, all of them. And it was sort of helpful to look at them and know that they were playing somewhere and know that they were sort of the guys on our team. So like I, I never really felt that pressure. Um I would say yeah, I mean just Especially at home, too. That that was sort of an aspect that helped out. It's just like our parents were like, do whatever you want to do. Obviously, academics are important. If you want to play soccer, um, you can. But soccer, it, it'll always be somewhere in some capacity is, is what I learned. It's like even at Tech, even if I didn't play club, they have adult leagues. They have intramural. They have pickup all the time. So soccer will sort of always be there. But in terms of academics, I sort of wanted to shoot high and then figure out the rest
2: yeah yeah i'd agree a lot with that i mean i think at first like there's always that feeling like you feel like you're letting down like the people around you or like someone like your teammate or friend will ask you like what's your plan but at the end of the day it's like how you want your own life to be set up you know so i think like i think back then looking forward i was like if i have like this four-year degree like i could do like almost anything I want to do, you know, whereas I go like force uh, like to play over here, to play over here, maybe not get the degree I want, you know, like I just feel like I would be more set up with like the gifts I have. If like I have this degree, you know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So, let, let me ask you guys this, Scott, let me, let me cut in here. You, you mentioned pressure earlier tell me where, where would that pressure be coming from? Uh, you know, cause I, I, I hear that and I, it, it really, I think it's, I agree with it, but I think that we need to look at it completely different. Um,
3: yeah. Yep. But, I would say but, like just teammates mm-hmm. and for some people, maybe at home, I, I, I understand their families that obviously our family invested a lot of, you know, money, time into sort of our travel soccer, like ventures And we were blessed to not have that pressure, but I imagine some families do. And then just in terms of socially, maybe at school, you're the star player on your, what, varsity team, and all your classmates are sort of Mm -hmm. asking you where you're going to go play, you know, where you're going to go to school. I think some people sort of get pressure from that, but I I was never really somebody in that scenario. Yeah. Okay,
1: so, but hold on, Andrew, I am going to get to you in a second, but Eddie, you were one of those guys. You were a top player on your high school team. Why, Why didn't you feel that pressure? But people were asking you, where you're going to go play you had options why didn't you feel the pressure what was your difference
3: I guess I just I sort of tuned it out and then I would I had a very open sort of relationship with my parents so like whenever something like that came up I would talk to them about it and then they just sort of echo the same academics do what you want to do and sort of don't let anybody sort of change your your path Mm -hmm. that you think you should go on
1: Andrew what do you got what do you got there
2: yeah I was gonna say like it It reminds me, like, the same – I feel like it would be the same pressure, like, telling someone you're playing, like, D3 somewhere instead of D1. I think a lot of people have this, like, condescending view, like, oh, you're, like, you're just doing this, or you're just doing that, you know? Like, you have all these gifts, and you're not, like, taking advantage of it like that. So I think, like, a lot of, like, super competitive people, like, on the teams I played with, like, asked me, like, where I would play. And they seemed, like, let down when I gave them, like, Uh, Probably not. I think I'm just going to go like study engineering here, and then um, what else is I going to say? I don't know. I think that's it for now.
1: It's interesting. uh, uh, Sean Trueblood, our our top assistant here, sent uh, our coaching staff a a meme, or I guess this wouldn't be a meme, something off of Twitter, and it's a coach, the UMass coach, who says, uh, "I don't want five-star players that become three-star human beings." I want three, four, five-star guys that want to become 10-star human beings. And then he finished with this one quote that I think is super relevant for what you're talking about. Don't tell me who you were when you were 18. Mm-hmm. I just I love that. I mean, that's such yeah. an important thing. And, you know, here we are talking about you guys were 18, and people are like, wait, you're not going to play? You, I mean, Andrew, you were on that state championship team, and I think you scored some pretty important goals, right? Yeah, right. That was a awesome time. And, you know, you were the star. First team All-State first team all state that used to mean like you're getting money somewhere probably. I mean, like, yeah. and you're like, no, I'm, I'm going to tech. Yeah. You're a state player of the year. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I missed that one, but state <laughs> player of the year and you're not going to go play college soccer. And people, people are like, what, how is that possible? And you're like, well, I, I'll talk to you when I'm, when I'm 30 and I, you know, I have some, some nice <laughs> land. Yeah. I
2: think it was also like, I'm so like, I feel like I'm excelling in this aspect. But like, if you look at my grades and you look at my test scores, like I'm excelling here too, but people are not going to ask you about this one. Like they're going to look sure. at the soccer and say, like, I'm going to ask you about this. But to sure. Like, how'd you do here? Or like, congrats on this kind of thing. You know?
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. I, I you know, as a D3 coach, I, I agree with the sentiments you're talking about now. I really agree with the, uh, Oh, you're just going D three? Question. You know, I I definitely I've I've heard that, I've seen that, and I definitely understand that. I I was 17 years old once. You know, I I didn't want to go to Christopher Newport at first. That wasn't my first choice. Uh, so I I totally understand. Uh, but it's such a breath, you know, a fresh air to hear that. You know, and to to know that you can be super successful. You guys are an awesome examples of. Hey, you know, I, I had the chances, but I didn't have to go, and I chose not to go, and. I still love it you know i still think i could have and you know i wonder from time to time but you know it's it always cracks me up i see these kids posting these things all the time like you know i committing to play and the the only thing that they're really talking about is they they highlight the d1 and you know like it's like such a big thing and then they mention the school they don't talk about what they're going to study they don't discuss what their experiences are going to include all they're doing is hey I have this chance to brag on something, so I'm going to do it. And I would have done the same thing. Don't get me wrong. I get it. But really, what we should be looking for is what this coach just said. Don't tell me what you were like when you were 18. You -hmm. should be thinking, all right, I'm going to be 22 and I'm going to graduate. What am I getting accomplished from 18 to 22? And you guys are going to have a long list of things that you can say you accomplished, which includes soccer, which is such an important piece of this whole podcast. It's not just I played on a division one roster or I went to see you at a division three school and I got a bunch of minutes and made a run. It's, I also did all of these things that you guys accomplished and it's, it's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm super, like I said earlier, I'm super proud of what you guys did as a college soccer coach that recruits kids regularly. I'm super proud of what you did. And I think your messaging really should, it should go far. I mean, there's so many kids sitting here right now in your shoes and they they don't know what to do. And really, they do. The answer is right in front of them. And, uh, you know, I hope those boys make the right decisions.
3: Thank you. And just to touch on that one more, one more time, I think like a lot of people get caught up with the sort of st- like that D1 status or D3 status. and It's like we never really cared about that. Like mm-hmm. if you if we go on the field, we love competition. We love winning. We've yeah. play. we played with great players and played against great players all the time. We weren't sort of chasing that sort of status of being D1 or D3. We knew like, if we're obviously together or even just separate and we're playing in some competitive capacity, like we'll have fun. We still love winning. We still love playing. And we're sort of content with where we're at in that mm-hmm. sense.
1: That's great. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the things that is kind of a recurring theme is that you know, the things that that you take – the what you take out of the, the college soccer experience is, like, the friendships that you'll have for life. And, you know, it's not necessarily that you talk about what happened on the field. It's, you know, the trips or the the, the just being around the guys kind of thing. And you guys still have that. Like, you still are going to have friends for life from that experience. And you got to play with your brother and other – you know, and Coggins. But, um, you know – it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a cool thing like and you still have like the same you're still gonna leave playing club soccer at Virginia Tech with the same you know I don't know uh, friendships and and that sort of thing, which is ultimately what is probably the most important part of it, right? if you're not going to do it as a career. Mm-hmm. so um, yeah also but- the the level
2: itself is also very surprising um when i made the team the same year me and eddie made the team um two of the kids that also made the team tried out for the d1 one is on the roster right now and then the other one is practicing with them in the spring and it was just like playing with them is just like so fun like it's such a high level the other day like we were both invited but you were busy with something right uh we were invited to play with like a like just pick up with like three of the D1 kids, a few of the club kids. And it's just like, like playing with them is like so much fun. Like it's just such a high level where it's not as um, not so much structure and like pressure and that intense, but it's still just like a high level. And it's so
1: fun. Yeah. I went to your guys' game when you were here. Uh, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed watching you guys play. Of course I want to support you, but uh, I remember watching the game and saying, oh, like a bunch of your kids on, on the Virginia Tech team. I was giggling. I was like, I recruited that kid. I recruited That's him. Damn. I remember him. Mm-hmm. He was on this top team for Arlington or whatever. I mean, you're right. I mean, all of those teams are very good. You guys, do you have tryouts? Yes. Yes. Right. So, you know, the, there's so many good soccer players in the state of Virginia. And, you know, I, if more of them choose to go your route, I would imagine that the club soccer landscape would with skyrocket and uh the, I, I once again I, i'm just super happy about it I, I loved that i loved watching that and seeing all those kids out there again and seeing that they're still playing and and getting after it too by the way i mean that was a that was a good game until it wasn't at the end there and so it was it was fun to watch and uh you know it was, it was like you said it's highly competitive and i heard is your game with jmu the big one is that the biggest one yeah that's usually the biggest one yeah yeah now you guys won it all this year you won the you won the league
3: Yes, we won the league, we won the region, and we were national runner-ups.
1: Mm-hmm. Who did you lose to in the national tournament?
3: BYU. I don't know if you know BYU. anything about them, but they don't have
1: a D1 team. Oh, they don't have a That's their team. They don't have a varsity team. No.
2: We're out there okay. like, setting up our own drills, picking up our own cones. They have three coaches, three trainers. like Matching
1: backpacks, matching you know, backpack, all that. Like- <laughs> you guys all had your club backpacks out there like uh, yeah, yeah. well, how, how did the game go? They were
3: just, they were just, they were just good. good. Well, we had, we conceded two goals, and they were both set pieces. But they're just,
2: they were sort of another level. Their
3: goalie, so they goalie. They were,
1: were a legit college team, varsity, all of them. And
2: yeah, hmm. they recruited their six six goalie from Germany
1: to come play for them. Their to club, come play club soccer. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow! But they've won like eight
3: out of the last nine years. They haven't lost since 2018. It's just.
1: Jeez, pretty good. Where did you play that game? Austin, Texas. So you were able to the the school flew you down? That's part mm-hmm. of your budget? No. It was
3: we it was like sort of half our club budget and half mm-hmm.
1: out of pocket. That's what I mean. So you guys raised the money and went your route so you could pay for it, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, That's fantastic. Yeah. No, no. No, I mean what a cool experience. Mm-hmm. How long were you down there? Like
3: like Wednesday to Sunday, so five days, four days.
1: So you had know, to play – and that was not just not just to play BYU. You played your yeah, uh, a couple games, Masters.
2: right? Yeah, that was a whole national tournament. Oh, so, cool. What was it, like six games?
3: Yeah,
1: six games played. Did we mom had, or dad come down?
3: Mom did. Mm-hmm.
1: That's uh, cool. We had a
3: group of three, made it out of our group, and then just elimination games until the final. Yeah. Who all did you play? Were
1: there D3 schools down there too? Mm-hmm.
3: No. We our group that's was bigger. Colorado and UCLA. And then we gotcha. played Missouri, Ohio State, Rutgers. Rutgers and then
2: BYU.
1: Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah.
2: They were some Yeah,
1: yeah that's and we talk about experience. So you guys are gonna graduate and you get to experience that. Mm-hmm. I mean how I mean that's a great story that you get to share and you know that's not everybody's experiencing that for sure. Uh, that's uh, it's definitely something to be proud of, and it's awesome. So, talk about like
0: becoming a part of that. You know, you said there's tryouts, and like, you know, just walk. So, for a, someone who's a junior or senior in high school who's kind of contemplating, like, you know, pass down the lessons you learned from going through the process of getting on the on the club team, and and then you know what a season's like, and and training and you know everything that kind of comes with it that
3: so trials are usually in the fall and what sort of makes it different from like club soccer and also like high school soccer is just sort of the club aspect as well like you people go in there just thinking it's just off of soccer but it's sort of like you gotta network in a sense make friends which is, was kind of the part Andrew and I sort of hated when we, when we tried out because like we know we're quality players and we were, th- I was thankful to have him sort of with me in the tryout process. And so that's sort of how it works. Everybody just shows up for tryouts and then the board of the club. So it's like usually five guys and then they make the decision. And fall is usually where we have like most of our practices and that's when regionals and nationals are. So we'll practice probably three nights a week for Like two hours, and that's the the typical practice and then games are on the weekends, not every weekend, and they sort of dodge the football schedule, so that's sort of when games are
2: yeah, so it's all uh very like all student run, so a lot of times like people like know one guy, know one guy, or like this guy gets him in because he knows him, or something like that, so when I arrived, like I was going to play pickup soccer, like every almost every chance I could, like on the weekends or whatever. So I would like uh, be playing with guys, playing with guys. And someone would walk up and be like, hey, that, that guy's like the vice president or like that guy's the president. And I would say, all right, I'm going to go stick it to that guy and just score on him. <laughs> and, so, and then like so you make the team and then making the team to like actually playing is also just, like, a huge jump. So, yeah, like, you had to be at every practice. You had to, like, show up, don't mess up, blah, blah, blah. So, we would have, like, starters versus, like, new kids and subs, scrimmages at practice. And me and Eddie would just be like, all right, let's just go, like, make a fool of the starters <laughs> and just win. And so, eventually we got on our stuff it, it worked
3: team. itself out. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, what are your thoughts on being on a team without a coach like what's is there is there any hiccups with that
3: so there are definitely hiccups and also when you play other teams you can tell if they have a coach or
0: not.
3: <laughs> like just basic organizational and like tactics you can definitely tell like ucla we played them they had all sorts of tactics mm-hmm. they have a coach but in terms of like it definitely is a challenge having it, it being student run We're we're lucky to have a good president but There are times where, like, it's hard to separate sort of friends and soccer, Mm -hmm. especially for those people in those positions. So I imagine it can be a struggle. And then on the other side of that, it is sort of annoying sometimes when you know you're, what, a top 11 player and you're not getting time. That can be sort of troublesome.
1: That sounds familiar.
2: (laughs) We We had a grad student who had played – d3 and was from england come like help us out and coach us a little that's cool we have one kid on the team who played at mit who did like some of the coaching too just to try and get us all under like one system and like learn a few new things so yeah now but the guys making
1: the decisions were also players
3: yes for the most part we Mm -hmm. had that one coach dude from england who was sort of he didn't he didn't make the decisions but he just sort of coached us and got organization.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's that's where it could get tricky. Where you know you better hope that's like the absolute best player or someone that
2: yeah
3: can yeah put strategic. all biases just, aside. Yeah,
1: right, and right. respect from everyone can be difficult. Yeah. Sure. So if you could do it over, would you want there to be like do you guys ask? Is there someone that could coach us? Is there somebody mm-hmm. out there and you vet the process or is this none of that? I mm-hmm. bet you there's someone on faculty there that's some in the staff that you know could help out. Yeah, they could
3: but I, I think it's sort of on us to to get them, figure out how to pay them, and stuff like that. So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and I, I mean, we've been doing all right just on our own. So, sure. I think we'll probably stick with that. I don't know okay. what all goes into the decision to get a coach for those other schools, but like just talking to some of the guys in the field, they they kind of hate having a coach sometimes. <laughs> for like, I mean, every other reason that people don't like having a coach.
1: I don't know what are you talking about. I, I feel like. <laughs> Coaches are perfect. I don't know
0: what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> is there like a uh, is there like a governing body of club soccer? Like, uh... yes. Yeah, so the club
3: sports office. Uh huh. And they sort so... of they have our budget. We have to ask them to sort of spend money, and right. then we just like get their permission to play, get their permission to like travel and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. So is there like, but like nationally, is there a governing? Like someone that put the tournament together and that There's sort of thing. It's called NURSA. I don't know what it stands for, but they sort of host all the
3: regional and national tournaments. Mm-hmm. And then the way it was, it was nice. Like they had all sorts of people there, trainers, medical, stuff like that.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Cool. They, that's cool. they have rules you have to abide by? I mean, the, like our NCAA law book is like that thick. I mean, is there is there uh, like rules you have to abide by? Is there anything you guys have to make sure you're aware of?
3: I think just in terms of like hours, like you have to have a certain amount of hours in school, like you have to be a student, obviously. And then
0: I'm not sure in terms of like other. What roles. about el- like eligibility? Is it uh, four years, like regular? Like, not <laughs> we have a 26 year old
3: student, <laughs> but he's, he's been, on his eighth year. Been, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: he's
3: <laughs> the one that played four years at MIT, and now he's just our guy. So he'll be there longer than Andrew will be there. It's 26. Wilder. let's yeah. Love it.
0: Love that.
1: Like a PhD so, student. Yeah. Yeah. no. Yeah. Do you try to scoop up the guys that are – they're done playing, but they're going to stick around for a grad program or they have more time left on their academic career so that you guys scoop them up for the season?
3: Every once in a while they'll come practice with us, but I don't think – those guys don't really – I don't think they take us seriously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think they're, they're, coming, they're starting to come around because, like, our guy – who plays on the D1 team now is sort of like showing, up, showing us off and some aspects. but Yeah, nice yeah I,
2: I went and played pickup with like the few of the D1 kids and they like told our like mutual friend, they were like, wow, those guys are kind of like, all right, those guys are pretty good. And so we <laughs> do them in the spring. Like a lot of – last year we had a guy who was like transferring, but he couldn't like transfer something until the fall, so he practiced with us like in the spring. So that was nice
0: cool um so yeah so walk through like what you guys went through this in this national tournament and um you know give us the highlights of the games and and uh you know the intensity and um you know your feelings going through that
3: Mm -hmm. yeah so it's sort of like a a common style of play it's it's a lot of athleticism not a lot of I wouldn't say not a lot of technicality, but definitely significantly less technicality Mm -hmm. than like D3. Um, So we played Colorado and UCLA in our group. We beat Colorado and then tied UCLA. And so uh, the top two teams in every group made it out. And so we played Missouri Mm -hmm. the next morning. So we would usually play two games a day. It'd be like one game at night or one game in the morning, one game at night. So Friday morning, we played Missouri. And then Friday night, we played Rutgers. And then Saturday was sort of the championship day. So we played Ohio State in the morning and then BYU in the big stadium, like early afternoon.
2: Yeah. And I'd say within like the first five, ten minutes of each game, you could find like three players. And you were like, all right, these are their guys. Like (laughs) these guys are these guys are good. Yeah. And so everyone just kind of had like almost the same level. Um. Like, the average level was about the same, but you could just tell, like, the star players were, like, very good. Like, UCLA had this this short kid who was very, yeah, good. Was very good. Their striker was very good. They had two, like, 6'4 center backs that were, like, 220 pounds. They were right. scary. But the, <laughs> the sort of the style of the play is just the same. It's just, like, sort of bully ball,
3: <laughs> long throws. like Until BYU. Yeah, I and mean, BYU is a different animal.
0: That sounds, uh, sounds familiar. What happened in the championship game?
3: Oh my gosh, <laughs> no, we, we held them zero zero until the half, and then it's just like at that right. point it was our sixth game, and they look fresh as can be. Like Andrew and I, we played most every minute of every game, so like we were sort of we were tired, like just being honest. Yeah, my,
2: we, at the end of the game, I couldn't kick the ball with my right leg because <laughs> my like butt was so tight that it just hurt every single time. <laughs> But they were just,
3: yeah. It, they just you, had a set piece where yeah. he rolled it forward and then the dude just slotted it in the in the bottom left corner and then we gave it a PK. And that was sort of the
2: game. It was, it, they were, you could tell they had three coaches. It felt like they had an extra player than us. I know, like, every single player's touch was, it was yeah, just, they were just like, uh, it, was, it was just the next level. It was really yeah. it was the next level.
1: Um, How much would you pay a coach? All right, I'm looking for a job. <laughs> going to come out. <laughs> I'm moving to Blacksburg. What's your budget? Eat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds fun. A good trip to Austin. Is it? Is it in Austin every year? I think so. Yeah. So there's Where a... were your regionals held? Ours were in Henrico, I think. Yeah. Our around. school was at a common spot. You didn't have to like go to a, a school and play at their place.
3: No, it's like a common spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. So yeah. what's the season
0: like? Do you guys travel – pretty far or is it all like just jump in a van or a car and and go
2: yeah this season i think our furthest was cnu so we have about six games i want to say a season Mm -hmm. and it includes teams like uva william and mary cnu jmu uh, jmu radford yeah and so usually we'll just switch like if we played you Mm -hmm. home last year we'll play you away this year kind of thing and then we'll have like the regional tournament Towards, when was that? Halloween weekend. Yeah, regional tournament, Halloween weekend, and then nationals is a
1: few weeks after that. And you make your own schedule? Like, do you just contact the other schools and work it out that way?
2: Yes.
3: So, cool. I mean, the, so our president would contact the other presidents and then run it by the both club sport offices and then sort of. It's, what
1: it's what are cool. your roles with the team?
3: I was the treasurer, so I would just handle, like, dues, like, equipment,
2: Stuff like that. And then
3: Andrew, you're the
1: guy but... hounding people for money, huh? Yeah, pretty much. All right.
2: Yeah. I'll be the vice president this upcoming season. And then the year after that, I'll be the president. We have a new a new system. You had to be vice president to be president. So gotta be vice president. There's no
1: vote or anything, you're just gonna go take the job. I,
2: I ran alone. So there yeah, yeah. there is a vote, but no one no one ran opposed to me. So All right. But he'll still have to get voted in for president,
1: yes. Yeah. <laughs> he only but, got one vote. Yeah, I think so good at Did you vote for him, Eddie? Of course, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. That so you're making
0: way. decisions. You're going to be the guy that's still hanging on and, like, staying on the field when there's someone better than you, like your senior year. You're going to be like that, that guy, Andrew? I'm going to have
2: to, I'm going to, have to like, buddy-buddy <laughs> with everyone and then make the roster and cut off all my friends. That, <laughs> <let me laughs> <laughs> everyone's
1: gonna hate stuff. me but we'll see cool but yeah what else you got cheese that's it I mean I, I think the message was was awesome and you know, I think what you guys said was great and uh it's I think there's a stigma you know around it like you said I mean there's a stigma d1 to d3 I'm a d3 coach and so I, I know I know that stigma really well and I know there's a stigma between playing and not playing and like you said some of the pressures, uh you know socially and you know, maybe from families, but I think it's more your peers, yeah. you know, like the the guys in school that are like, well, you're not going to play. I, I don't, I don't get it. And uh, I think that there's plenty of people out there that did choose to go that may, may have been in your shoes and could have had a different situation and they're like, ah, no, I, I have to go play. And so you, you choose a school that you may not have liked as much. And next thing you know, this is a different podcast for you. This is a, I wish I played instead. I wish I chose a different path instead. And, uh, I think it's great to have this message out there. I think it's a super important message, and uh, no, I, I, I appreciate you guys being on here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, I just want to say, like, I'm so impressed by like your guys' wherewithal when you were in high school to just say, you know what, screw everybody. We're like to have the maturity to just be independent thinkers and and not be swayed and just like know that you had to do what's best for yourselves. Was um, that's it's. um Like, great. And like, it should be like the norm of of how people, you know, make their decisions. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's very intelligent
2: to like sit with yourself and say, like, I go play soccer and then what? So how do I set myself up when I'm playing soccer to go play? Because I know a lot of kids like uh, Michael Hackworth. I know him like since high school. He was like, yeah, I want to study cybersecurity. And I was like, all right, like, so you're going to go play. Like, can you study there? And he was like, yeah, CNU has a great, like, cybersecurity place. And I was like, all right, yeah, that's perfect,
1: man. Like, it's good to see. That's exactly how we ended up here. And yeah. there's not a lot of options for it. I think his other option was in Florida.
3: Tampa. And, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. And so, you know, that's that's a perfect set. If we didn't have that, he's a kid that I really wanted to come play for us. And I offered him a spot, but I if we didn't have that program with how badly he wanted to study it, I exactly. would have done the same thing that I would have done to you, Andrew, and said, Well, you got to go to, yeah. I think it was Tampa. You got to go yeah. to a different place. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, you shouldn't come to school here. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, no, I, I tell people all the time, it's your money, it's your four years. I mean, can you imagine spending four years and that kind of money on something and not looking at the whole scale of things? And I mean, can you imagine buying a car or a house and only looking at the garage? Yeah, You know, look at one piece of the puzzle and spending that kind of money. I mean, you have to look at the entire, the entire foundation. You know, what am I getting out of this? What's, what's the investment? Am I going to love this after four years? And if the answer isn't yes, before you make the decision in playing all the scenarios through your head, if the answer isn't yes, you shouldn't go to that school, you know, plain and simple. And I think you guys were able to know that you guys could have predicted you'd be in the situation you're in right now four years ago, Eddie, you know, two and a half years ago for you, Andrew, you could have predicted like, oh man, I'm going to be able to play some club soccer. I'm going to get this awesome degree. You already know the great things that tech can offer. And you get to go to those football games and, you know, enjoy the Hokie Stone and, uh, you know, the great cafeteria that you guys have there. It's it's a cool school. I and mean, you guys knew that was going to happen. And I mean, how, how great is that? You you Your investment, you're, you, you knew it was going to happen. And I, I'm just, it's it's a great, great story. I mean, I'm glad you guys chose the route that you chose. And, yeah. and you worked your
0: schedule around football games, so you got to see Enter Sandman yeah. yeah. all the time. and Understand. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. just hope that the uh, performance on the field
1: improves next year. So, so um, as a fellow, oh, yeah. yeah. Now I, I, I visited there quite a bit. My best friend was a uh, – I think he played – I don't know if he played club or just intramural soccer. I think it was I, – I don't remember. I have to ask him. Uh, but we always frequented uh, Tots. I'm assuming it's still a uh, pretty hopping spot there.
3: Yeah, that's pretty pop.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a fun place. Yeah. I have some uh, faded memories from that place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go hokies. Enjoyed my football <laughs> games after, uh, yeah. before <laughs> and after a trip to Tots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's not get ourselves in trouble. No, no, no. It's a good, good establishment. No. No. It's good, yeah, good. yeah.
0: Just uh, stay away from the rail drink. Yeah. Definitely mm. stay <laughs> away. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. Anything else? What you guys got? Yeah. Nothing. Good stuff, guys. Yeah. Let's get some dinner while while you guys are home. Let's get some of the boys together. Get some dinner. Yeah. yeah. All uh, right. We're good with that. All call right. Justin. Tell him to go catch us some dinner, and I'll cook yeah. it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: All right. Hold on. Oh shoot! No hold on almost hit the wrong button. Thank you for listening to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeacoffee.com slash matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on matchplayrecruit.com for our social media links. See you on the trail.